Mike check one two one two. It's yeah. a taste to consider podcast. Yes. We invite you to let's go. Something epic, you know. Twenty fifth anniversary of reasonable doubt. Jay Z. Let's go. Through that desperation, we come addicted. Back for so another like episode. Let's say sick and sit a podcast. We feel we have nothing loose. I'm feeling good so right now. Well, I may have pregame too much. Lives. I don't know. Maybe. Why I'm watching every nigga watching me close. Let's go. My shit is butter for the bread. They wanna toast me. I keep my head. Say sick and sit a podcast. Holes to get you sidetracked and clap from close feet. I don't sleep, I'm tired. I feel wired like codeine. These days a rubber got him with my me from four fiends away. My pain was shit was quick to see. From selling cane to brains was fried to a fricassee. Can't lie, at the time it Let's never go. me. Say sing us to the podcast. Back for another episode. Respect for authority. Laughing hard, happy to be escaping poverty. Feel so good to be back. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's go. 25th anniversary of Reasonable Doubt. Jay Z. I feel like it's Jay Z's best album, honestly. It's my favorite. This one of my favorite songs on the album. I remember plenty of times where I just needed to get out of the house. I would take a drive downtown DC, drive through the city, playing reasonable doubt. Make me feel good every time. Let's go. Say sick and sit a podcast. I gotta play another song though. Another tribute. Another tribute. Let's go. Let's say sick and sit a podcast. Rest in peace to the king. Rest in peace to the king. The king of pop. Michael Jackson. Let's go. Yes. My favorite album of Michael Jackson. Off the wall. Let's go. Say sick and sit a podcast. Don't stop till you get enough. Yeah. I'm glad I stopped pre-gaming or you wouldn't have got this episode. Say sick and sit a podcast. I'm in here grooving, snapping my fingers, bouncing my shoulders, bobbing my head. It's a say sick and sit a podcast. Rest in peace to Michael Jackson. Anniversary of his unfortunate passing. Say sick and sit a podcast. Let's go. Uh. Yeah.
Say sick and sit a podcast. Rest in peace to Michael Jackson, the king. The king of pop, the king of R&B, the king of everything, if you ask me. Yes. It's Say sick and sit a podcast. We back for another episode. Yes. Back for another episode. Another week has ended. Another week is about to begin. I'm recording a day early. This is Friday. I'm recording the day early because um, my man's son from Three Stars, Two Bars, the UNU Network, is having a fight party tomorrow for Javante Davis. So I'm recording the day early so I can make sure I see this fight with the fellas. Yes. Taste the the podcast. I don't have to talk about the AC no more because if you listen to the last episode, I finally got, excuse me, burp number one. I finally got the AC installed from the uh, the warranty company. So I'm in the basement. I'm in Rip's tasting room, chilling. I was pre-gaming. I had to go to the staple for this episode i mean i was i didn't have hennessy in a while so that's what i'm drinking tonight hennessy i was pre-gaming for a minute probably for what time is it right now yeah i was pre-gaming for a good hour and a half probably a little bit more (laughs) but um yeah so i'm drinking hennessy um i'm smoking and and olivia Connecticut cigar. I believe I had this cigar before, but um when I picked when I picked it up today, um something just called me to it, so I grabbed it. And it's a winner for today. Uh the cigar is is good, got a nice uh taste to it, nice blend. Not that strong. Don't have a a strong aftertaste at all goes well with the henny. So, yeah. I pregame for so long, the cigar damn near done. <laughs> yes, we back for another episode. Taste to consider podcast. I appreciate all of you for listening. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, um, Spotify, uh, Amazon. Um, yeah, I'm on that. You can go to Taste to Consider Podcast on Instagram. The link is in the bio. Link is in the bio for each and every one of those uh, streaming services, as well as the link for the UNU Network that has unprocessed knowledge, separate the two, three stars, two bars, and the new episode that was released today, Friday, since I'm recording Friday, Code Shame, Spiritual Warfare, that new episode is out, so check that out, shout out to Low. yes, make sure you like, share, tell a friend, Download each and every episode. Download and delete. You can download the episode after you finish listening to it. You can delete it. So, 
make sure you support the network. Make you make sure you support each and every one of the podcasts. Um, my podcast as well. It's safe to consider podcast. Um, yeah. So the last episode that I had, what was the last? Up? What was the name of it? Damn, I can't believe I'm forgetting it. Um, Holiday Shuffle. Yeah, Holiday Shuffle was the last episode last week's episode um appreciate everybody for listening to appreciate all the feedback from it um yeah i came across this uh let me introduce the show i keep doing this every time every time i I keep doing this let me introduce the show get right into it because it's running late and i am hungry Let's go. It's a Taste to Consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver. The taste of a Taste to Consider podcast. And I'm back. Yes. Last week's episode was Holiday Shuffle. And what was funny, one of the topics on that episode was um, a guy f- flying out a girl. And they was texting for a while, for a few months or whatever. Um, sexting, sending uh, naked pictures, all that good stuff. And then when he flew her out... To where he is, where he was, um, he felt as though she was acting brand new. So it was funny that I came across another topic, well, another post um, about this situation. And let me pull up the exact words of the post. Um, Let me see. It says, a real man would take you on a vacation without expecting sex. And this was a guy who posted this. And he tweeted this. And it was crazy because, um, you know, I already talked about this this topic and just to come across it again. So, like I said on last episode, this is this is a thing. This is a thing where it pops up all the time where this is a, a seems to be a big debate. And for this dude to post this was was interesting. It was interesting because y'all know how I talk about these simp dudes. But just to reiterate what I was saying on last episode. If y'all already established some type of chemistry or whatever and y'all sexting and having a continuous conversation over a period of time, then I can see how a dude would expect this. And then for it to change up at the last minute would be kind of disappointing to the guy. But at the same time, if you looking to fly a girl out, then I feel like, and you expecting sex, then I feel like this should be established before you even pay that money. And then I was sitting here thinking, 
over and over again. I'm like, why are guys even taking this this chance or this risk if they expecting sex to even fly a girl out? Like, especially if you didn't already have a conversation and this wasn't something that was established. And when I was talking about it on last episode, on the last episode, I was like, you know, if y'all didn't already have sex, if y'all didn't already, if y'all already weren't physically intimate, then that conversation needs to be had. Like, if it's something that you know y'all have already been physically intimate, then you know, then okay, I will see how you would expect it, and you wouldn't have a problem flying her out. But at the same time, I know plenty of times like people go on vacations together or get flued out and stuff and you don't have sex. So, you know, it goes both ways. But just to see this continuous debate of this stuff come up all the time and you got dudes simping for women by posting stuff like this. And then you have women posting it and and being disgusted by a dude expecting it. That shows right there that both people play a role in this situation. Like, both the man and the woman play a role in it. These things need to be established. If you know a guy's going to fly you out and you're not trying to have sex with him, then you need to have this conversation with him. And vice versa. If, you, if you're if a guy and you flying somebody out, you spending your money, and you're expecting it, then you need to have this conversation. But I'm just like, you know what I'm saying, dudes just need to stop flying girls out, period. If she wants to see you, then she will see you. A lot of times, guys got to stop being so thirsty and trying to follow these collective rules of what's being posted on social media of what a man needs to do in order to show um, that he's interested in stuff. Because... I've always said this on this podcast and on the unproductive and unapologetic podcast. That 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 little cliche saying where a guy's going to show you that he in, he's interested is bullshit because a guy will, sh- will show give you all the consistency and the attention you want because he's just trying to hit. He's just trying to sleep with you. So that little cliche saying where a guy's going to show you he's interested is bullshit because a guy will show you he's interested in order to just hit. So I ain't trying to hear all that bullshit from, from women saying that little cliche saying. And at the same time, fellas, y'all need to be upfront with these women on what y'all want, especially if y'all trying to fly her out. So moving along, moving along. <laughs> Um, already, like I said, I've been pre-gaming for a while, so I gotta pause the show <laughs> and go use the bathroom. One second. Yes, and I'm back. So, moving along, moving along. Um, so, I saw the, uh, New Fast and Furious movie, Fast 9. And, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I got to say, um, 
of course, they keep defying the odds of unre- unrealistic things happening with their action scenes if it was a real scenario. Overall, the movie was pretty good, the action and stuff, and, you know, it had its moments where it made you laugh and stuff. Tyrese did a good job. Um, Cardi B was in it. Uh, she did a pretty good job. Uh, I feel like, you know, she was a little um, extra, but, I mean, that's Cardi B. It gave you a lot of nostalgia with uh, with old character characters popping in it from other Fast and Furious movies, um, Bow Wow and stuff from Fast and Furious, the third Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. No spoilers in this. But, um, yeah, overall, it was a good movie. Out of five stars, I may give it a three, three and a half. It's a good thing that the next Fast and Furious will be the last. They probably should have ended it before this one because like i was sitting there in the movie theater and i'm just looking like i'm just okay because i'm just sitting there like okay because a lot of the shit that's been going on since the first fast and furious since the second fast and furious some of the shit is just unrealistic like the action scenes and stuff is just like over the top but overall like i like how they um tied in a lot of the um plots in the movie um they did a good job with that at least and they they added like every element that you could have in the movie uh drama um romance comedy action so everything you got a taste of everything in the movie so overall i thought it was a good movie um but I'm the type of person that, you know, if you listen to the podcast enough, I'll just, I'm, <laughs> certain things just don't excite me the same way as they used to. And a lot of the action scenes and stuff, even though they were cool, but they was just unrealistic. <laughs> but it was a, it was a good movie to go see, um, just to have that, that action and the nostalgia of some of the things that was going on in it. So it was, it was a good movie. Um, TV wise, I just finished watching a a new show series on, uh, Amazon prime called panic. It was a good, that was a real good, uh, series. Um, it had a lot of twists and turns in it. Um, like you didn't know who to trust in it. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to really describe what type of show it was kind of uh, j- drama, but um, had a lot of, uh, I would say it was probably like a thriller slash drama, but it was a pretty good uh, show. I liked it. I enjoyed it very much. Um, I also finally watched The Outer Banks on Netflix uh, the first season of it. The second season is about to start uh, next month, July 30th. But uh, the Outer Banks was good. Um, uh, both the Outer Banks and Panic, both had, they were both, I would both consider those thrillers, dramas. And they both had kind of the same elements to them. You don't know really who to trust. But um, those are both good shows. So, yeah, Fast 9. I give it uh I'll give it three and a half out of five stars. 
and Panic and Outer Banks. Panic on Amazon Prime and Outer Banks on Netflix. Those are uh, pretty good shows. Um, I'm interested to uh, watch that new Murray documentary that just popped up on Amazon Prime. So I definitely will talk about that uh, next episode. Um, so let's get into the Blackity Black Woke segment. Yes, the Blackity Black Woke segment. I came across this uh, article on a Daily Mail. It says Google funded virus research carry out carried out by Wuhan link scientist Peter Daszak's Eco Health Alliance for over a decade. And basically, what this article was talking about that you know Google funded a lot of the uh, um, research and studies carried out by this particular individual, Peter Daszak, and his um, his company slash charity. And as you know, Wuhan, China is where a lot of the uh, talk has been about where the COVID-19 virus was created, where it originated from. So the article was just talking about the financial ties that Google had um, with that Wuhan lab and Peter Daszak and how it relates to the COVID-19 vac- the COVID-19 virus. And it says that uh, Daszak has faced intense scrutiny since it emerged that his charity previously worked with the Wuhan lab accused of being the source of COVID-19. He has been removed from the COVID-19 commission looking into the origins of the pandemic after it emerged that he tried to gag the Wuhan lab leak theory. It was not immediately clear how much funding Google has provided over the last decade to Daszak's Eco Health Alliance. So once again, there's more stuff coming up about how this COVID-19 virus was created and how certain people were involved and profited from it. Very interesting. But y'all know how I feel about it. You know, I've talked about the COVID-19 virus plenty of times and the vaccine period. Um, Also linked uh, with uh, all of this is the Rockefeller Foundation. And if you're into... uh, quote-unquote conspiracy theories and wokeness and stuff, then you'll know about the Rockefeller Foundation and the Rockefeller family, period. Um, Yeah. More and more stuff coming out. So, on to the next topic. Rhodes College will reportedly charge students who haven't received the COVID-19 vaccination $1,500 per semester. This is just, I just had to bring this up because I just thought this was crazy. Like they, this this college is charging fees because you didn't get vaccinated. So it seems more and more people are profiting off of a man-made virus. I mean, it's not really much to go into based off of that. Um, It says, while the overall cost of college isn't getting any cheaper, unvaccinated students at Rhodes College will now have to incur another cost to attend school. 
According to Newsweek, Rhodes College announced that there will be a 1500 fee for students who haven't been vaccinated, also known as a health and safety fee. The charge is to cover weekly testing that those who are unvaccinated will have to adhere to. That's crazy. Mm. It says, quote, vaccines are now widely available in Memphis and throughout the U.S., end quote. A spokesperson for Rose College stated, quote, we do not want to ask vaccinated students to pay for testing for unvaccinated students, end quote. I mean, what the... I'm tired of talking about the dumb shit. (laughs) Moving along. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention this. Uh, Today, Dirk Chauvin, the police officer who killed George Floyd, was sentenced today. He was sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison. 22 and a half years for murder. For murder. I mean, honestly, the way I feel about it, that definitely ain't enough. I mean, you murdered a man, you'll be out in probably 18 years. Maybe, you know. (laughs) I don't have any more to say about that. (laughs) I mean, it's more bullshit. It's just more bullshit. So, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan has started a new, um, has started a rum. And he named that rum Jovert or Juvert Rum. But a lot of controversy has came out about that. Um, A lot of Trinidadians, Trinidad natives, have accused Michael B. Jordan of culturally appropriating, appropriation. And what's interesting, what I found out today was that Michael B. B. Jordan's partner with this rum brand is actually a Trinidad (laughs) native. But still, he still got a lot of backlash for naming his rum brand Jovert or Juvert. Um, I'm not sure the pronunciation. I took French in high school, so I don't remember. But what I found interesting about this is this is, I mean, I've talked about this before how black Americans are always at odds with other blacks, blacks across the country, Caribbean blacks, African blacks, British blacks, all is like they, all other blacks outside of the United States have a problem with black Americans. They just do. And it is interesting that I found it interesting that these Trinidad natives accuse Michael B. Jordan of appropriation. And just the hypocrisy of it when a lot of just other black 
people around the world always a lot of them seem to want to come over here and reap the benefits of what black Americans have built in this country, the United States, in the United States. So I always found that was, I found that was interesting. And it's, it's, it's just weird to me. But Nicki Minaj, she came out and she also commented on it because Nicki Minaj, she's from Trinidad. And um, I think I had something something extra on this. Let me see. Um, but it's interesting that these Trinidad natives have been pushing this backlash on Michael B. Jordan. But they haven't been doing it for other rum companies like Captain Morgan. You have Admiral Rodney. You have Pierre Labatt. And I'm going to go through some of these. It says, Captain Morgan Rum, a romanticized pirate-themed rum. Captain Henry Morgan earned his wealth from rape and pillage in Panama and Venezuela. His raids gained him a knighthood, and he was governor of Jamaica. He used his riches to purchase three plantations and own 131 enslaved people, including 33 children. Admiral Rodney, who raided graves for gold and jewels in St. Um, I don't even know how I pronounce this. St. Estuous? I don't know. <laughs> Petitioned that slavery was, was necessary for British advancement and testified that slavery was not that bad. In 1788, he protested against an act to decrease the number of enslaved on ships to make the journey safer and less deadly. Pierre Labat was a French slave-owning priest who was instrumental in developing rum and sugar production, sugar production in Guadalupe, Guadalupe, Martinique, and the wider Caribbean. As a priest, he showed little remorse in regards to slavery and called black people quote, the natural child of the, de the devil, the natural child of the devil. So it's like y'all giving Michael B. Jordan all this backlash, but why ain't y'all giving these other rum companies that same backlash, these Caribbean folks? It's crazy. And this this is what I talk about all the time. It's always this infighting. Like one at one one minute other blacks outside of the United States look at it like as though we all black. But then in situations like this, then it's a it's an issue. Or like I've had situations where I've come across blacks that were from outside of America, they weren't black Americans, that I've had issues with them, that they had because they had issues with me, or they had they had stereotypes of all black Americans and they just looked at a 
at us all the same way. They looked at us as lazy and all that. Y'all know. I mean, I'm not saying anything new. This this is not something that that is new to black Americans. We know that outside of America, we are not viewed in a good light. But what, like I mentioned, Nicki Minaj, what I found interesting about Nicki Minaj was that, you know, she came out and said what she said. She didn't do it in a harsh way that I saw. But the fact that you even, we even just talking about this, this culturally, cultural appropriation thing. But she's a Trinidad native and she's over here. Highly successful hip-hop pop artist. Isn't that the same thing you culturally appropriate? You know, for black Americans, what black Americans made? And then you have this argument. You have a lot of Caribbeans coming out talking about Caribbean blacks talking about, um, well, Caribbean people. Um, invented hip-hop and all this other stuff. That hip-hop came from dancehall music and stuff. Hip-hop was influenced by dancehall. And that's just a blatant lie. Hip-hop was influenced by funk music. And it's like, no matter what, we already have our infighting going on with black Americans going in, in the actual United States. And then have to deal with it with other blacks around the country is just crazy. Like, the cultural appropriation period is 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 pushed more by outside blacks. You have a lot of British actors coming over here getting acting jobs over black Americans and stuff like that. They're favored over us over black Americans and getting roles in, in movies and TV shows and stuff like that. And that's been popping up lately. I talked about it on on previous episodes about how, you know, uh, certain black Americans, black actors and stuff were complaining about British actors coming over here and getting uh, the acting jobs and stuff like that. So it's always this hypocrisy when when things don't benefit black people outside of that are natives outside of the United States, but over here benefiting from things that black Americans have built. It's crazy. It will continuously be this thing, though. It will just always continuously be this thing of, like, we've, we got to fight with our own people in the United States, then we got to fight with another people who identify as black when it's convenient for them. When it's convenient for them. I came across another interesting story. Um...
Let me pull it up. Where is this story? Uh, this Jones say. Oh damn, that ain't even the one. Where is it at? Uh, here you go, right here. It says black former Shake Shack manager falsely arrested for adding toxic substance to NYPD officers' milkshakes and poisoning that never happened files lawsuit. A former Shake Shack manager falsely accused of poisoning a group of police officers' milkshakes last June has filed a lawsuit against several NYPD officers and two police unions that perpetuated the false allegation. 28-year-old Marcus Gilliam, the former manager of the Manhattan Shake Shack, he and his staff were berated and humiliated by officers last year during an investigation into the alleged poisoning. He says they had me make a milkshake in front of them. As I was adding the custard, one of the officers said, "At at what point did you add the bleach? They were trying to get me to admit to something. They were trying to coach my words. According to the lawsuit on Monday in the federal court in New York and obtained by Atlanta Black Star, Gilliam was taunted, falsely arrested, and suffered emotional, psychological damages and damage to his reputation as a result of the false allegation. On June 15th, 2020, as protests following the death of George Floyd continue across the country, three NYPD officers claimed they were intentionally poisoned by employees at a Shake Shack location. The officers complained that they weren't feeling well and were hospitalized before being released. The allegation sparked immediate outrage promoting Shake Shack to release a statement via Twitter saying the company was horrified and working with the police. Detectives Endowment Association, a union for NYPD detectives, tweeted about the incident, as did the Police Benevolent Association of the City of New York. NYPD's chief of detectives issued a statement the following day, sharing that an investigation had found that no criminality occurred. Investigators found that cleaning solution not fully rinsed out of the machine could have made the officers sense and off taste. Furthermore, the officers had placed their orders on a mobile app and the orders were fully packaged before they arrived and before any employees could have been aware that the customers were police officers. Defendants named in the suit include both police unions who spread the false allegation along with the three officers who claimed they were sick, identified by the flavor of shake they ordered, as well as officers who participated in the investigation. After officers identified as Strawberry Shake, Vanilla Shake, and Cherry Shake arrived to pick up their orders at about 7.30 p.m., they complained that they did not taste right and threw them away, according to the suit. The officers informed Gilliam of their complaint, and Gilliam apologized before providing the officers with free food and milkshake vouchers. The officers told their sergeant a toxic substance, potentially bleach, had been added to their shakes. And at 9.20 p.m., authorities arrived at the shop to set up a criminal scene. A crime scene, sorry. 
The milkshakes were tested and no evidence of bleach or other toxic substances were was found. Gillian was among the employees detained and questioned by authorities. That's crazy. <laughs> I thought that was a crazy ass story. It's like cops just trying to make up anything these days. That's that's wild. It's like no end to like the bullshit. It's just always going to be something. It's just always going to be some type of outlandish story or claim against a black person. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Black creators on TikTok are reportedly on strike and the, and the internet is here for it. It says um, black creators on TikTok are on strike because of because of the viral dance challenges that have been fueling social media. But too many times we've seen popular TikTokers go viral instead of the black originators who created the dances themselves. And this has been going on for a while, for a couple of years, because I remember hearing plenty of stories about, um, like, for in particular, uh, that game Fortnite and how it's a lot of dances on on that game when characters kill a kill a, another player or something like that then they'll have dances on there i forgot the the particular dance that was that started like a big the big controversy i forgot what dance it was but this goes again like when i was talking about last episode um how you just have so many um white people just stealing black people's stuff like and then just making it theirs and it's just the story the whole story or the narrative is just rewritten throughout history (laughs) but it's like these um these white TikTok creators they'll steal the dances from the people who created them and then they'll just blow up off of it or the companies are still it like in the game of Fortnite and put it on there and the people don't even get uh, credit for it or they don't get compensation for it But this story has been floating around for a minute, and I got a clip for it, and I know everybody knows about this one. So let me pull up this clip real quick. Uh, Let me... at Ikea 
workers calling out sick and threatening to walk off the job. It's all because of a racially insensitive menu put together to celebrate Juneteenth. The special menu featured foods like fried chicken and watermelon, a pairing historically used as a racist depiction of what African Americans eat. CBS 46's Tori Cooper is live outside the IKEA in Midtown. And Tori, tonight a manager at the furniture retail giant location is apologizing, right? Rick, IKEA store employees that I spoke to right here on the sidewalk outside of IKEA did not want to go on camera over fears of repercussions. But they did tell me that they believe that the management here at IKEA needs to do more to educate themselves on black culture. They sent the menu to us in emails. IKEA employees say this menu on your screen was sent to employees last Friday. They say the menu was going to be served to customers and employees as a way to, quote, honor and preserve black Americans in light of the Juneteenth holiday. You cannot say serving watermelon on Juneteenth is a soul food menu when you don't even know the history of they used to feed slaves watermelon during the slavery time. You Employees say the menu items selected, including fried chicken, watermelon, mac and cheese, collard greens, and more, was racially insensitive and ignorant. And it caused a lot of people to be upset. People actually wanted to quit. People wasn't coming back to work. Employees outraged say 33 people called out of work, sparking this internal email response from the store manager on Saturday. She said that um, I truly apologize. The, men the menu came off subjective. But employees say the decision behind the creation of the menu should have included voices of color first. None of the co-workers who sat down to create the menu, nobody was black. The store manager told employees and CBS 46 that the menu changed after the issue. But employees say... So they just delayed the Juneteenth menu by a day, thinking that, you know, everybody who was upset stayed home on Juneteenth and wouldn't notice on Sunday, which just added insult to injury. We asked the store manager to send us the new menu. The revised menu included meatloaf, mashed potatoes, collard greens, and cornbread. This picture taken by the same employee showing what was served in store the day after Juneteenth. Fried chicken, macaroni and cheese, greens. Customers also felt the menu was insulting. I'm just frankly disappointed in the learning process. Like, you shouldn't learn after you've insulted all of your black employees. You didn't know what to do. This is the city where you could have asked somebody and gotten an intelligent response. Agent Ikea. Fuck asking somebody, why was it necessary to do a menu, period? Why? You didn't have to do a menu. You didn't have to do a menu. And this is the problem with making Juneteenth a national holiday. Stupid shit like this. Just straight stupid shit like this. And this way, black people, us black Americans, got to stop with this bullshit of trying to beg other people, the government, white people, people in power, to recognize us, to recognize our history and stuff. We need to be honoring it ourselves. Before Juneteenth was a national holiday, people were already observing it. Black people were already observing it. We knew what it was about. But we go on and on trying to get these symbolic pieces, these symbolic crumbs, and they already know 
that it's going to shut us up, make us feel better, silence us for a little while, while they keep doing the real business to keep us out of out of place, to keep us out of power, to keep us out of the power within ourselves. We keep falling for this dumb shit. Like, it was no reason to have a fucking menu, period. Like, so I kind of feel like black people shouldn't even be offended. It's our fault. It's our fault for being pressed for the government, for the white people, for the people in power to see us, to acknowledge us. We have serious self-worth and self-value issues when it comes to being recognized as a people. We so concerned about rubbing elbows and keeping up with the Joneses of the white man, the white people, the government. The menu had fried chicken, watermelon, mac and cheese, potato salad, collard greens, candy yams. This shit was not necessary. The menu was not necessary. <laughs> but this shit will continue to go on because this is a national holiday. Like I said, last episode, now that Juneteenth is a national holiday, you're going to have companies popping out with Juneteenth merchandise everywhere. Walmart, Target, Amazon, whoever going to have Juneteenth merchandise. And we're going to fall for it every time buying it. This holiday going to come around. Next year, we're going to be at the bar or something, at a party, a day party or whatever, celebrating it. When these symbolic things pop up, when they find when they're recognized by the white people, the government and stuff, the shit is being whitewashed, it's being commercialized. Everything, the whole essence, the whole soul of it is being stripped away. But we fine with it because we just wanna be seen so bad instead of actually getting tangible things. Speaking of being seen, speaking of being seen, <laughs> oh, where is this post? Dang, where is this post? Dang, I can't find it. Oh, man. Speaking of being seen, where is that damn post? Oh, man. I had this post. Where is it at? Speaking of being seen, I had a good segue for that jump. Oh, man. Let me see. Where is it? Where is it? Here it go right here. Damn, I'm glad it wasn't deleted. Attention to the OnlyFans models. OnlyFans is reportedly in talks to raise new funding at a valuation above $1 billion dollars as it plots a move away from adult content to become more mainstream. 
OnlyFans is seeking funding at a valuation of more than $1 billion, sources told Bloomberg. Speaking of being seen, what are y'all going to do? What is y'all going to do? All y'all on there shaking that ass, showing the ass and titties. What is y'all going to do? Gotta be careful. A lot of people, particularly during the pandemic, a lot of people have made a lot of money off of OnlyFans because of the um, the adult content. But that might be coming to an end. So, is your brain as good as your your body? I hope so. Because it's about to get rough out there for you. Let's take a sip. Hennessy is so smooth. I don't understand why people be talking that that bull crap about Hennessy. I was just saying on the group chat before I started the show how it's just people just like to collectively come together and hate because ain't nothing wrong with Hennessy, especially if if you chase it with uh, Coke. That's like the best mix ever, Coke and Hennessy, Henny and Coke. But I came across this, um, this post by Kevin Hart, and I thought it was – I had some views on it. I thought it was interesting. Um it touched me in a way where I feel like I I wanted to comment on it. I didn't need to, but I wanted to. So Kevin Hart tweeted a couple of a couple of posts. So I'm gonna go through the posts. He started off saying, Sometimes you gotta sit back and laugh at some of the shit that you hear. And I hear it all. The quote, he's not funny, end quote, slander is the best. This is for you. I have three stand-up comedy specials that fall in the top 10 highest-grossing comedy specials of all time. Two of my specials are in the top three of all time. I got time today. I I have also turned my comedic talent into a place of business and branding and radio and other revenue streams. The hate slash slander fuels me to do more. I have been the highest grossing comedian in entertainment for years now. I have also been the highest grossing comedian in the box office with over $4 billion in earnings. I rarely talk shit, but I felt the need to today. Stop believing these headlines and read the actual articles. You guys fall for the banana in the tailpipe trick every damn time. You guys are what makes this business fun. Because it's not about getting to the top. It's about doing your best to stay on top after you get there. J. Cole said it best. Quote, if you're laughing at a millionaire, the joke's on you, end quote. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. Live, love, and laugh. I felt the need to, well, I I felt like I wanted to comment on this because Kevin Hart does this. He's done this before. Well, he's he's gotten his feelings about people saying that he's not funny and stuff. 
I don't think Kevin Hart is the funniest. I definitely think he is funny. I don't think he's the funniest, but it, I don't see that as a problem. I mean, that's you know, it's that's an opinion, just like everybody else has an opinion. What I have a particular issue with is when Kevin Hart does these these things because I like Kevin Hart. I like Kevin Hart. Now I don't think that he's a bad person or anything. I think he's very successful. I think he's an inspiration from where he where he started from where he's at now. I mean, I remember seeing Kevin Hart doing movies that was popping up on BET, and now he's like, like he say, he's the biggest comedic star out here. But I have a problem when he makes comments like this, where he throws out, you know, his his stats. And the reason that I have a problem with that is because you're trying to demean somebody because they don't have the same stats. They don't have the same amount of money that you have and stuff. So you're basically saying to me that your only your only value, your only worth as a person is the money that you have or the amount of people that you put in the seats to watch your movies or come to your shows and stuff. But what is that saying, you know, who are you as a person, you know? So you only, you put in the, you putting yourself in a box by saying that because I have this amount of, I have more money than you that I'm better than you or I'm more successful than you and stuff. I don't like that for Kevin. I don't. And to me, that shows his insecurities. That shows his insecurities. That shows that he's trying to uh, make himself feel better. He's trying to prove himself and stuff. It just it it pisses me off because I don't. I just don't like when people try to demean other people based off of them having more materialistic things than others it doesn't bother me personally but it bothers me overall when i know that he when i feel i feel like i feel like that i have and i shouldn't feel this way but i'm gonna just be honest about it i'm just gonna be honest about it (laughs) i feel like that i have to defend other people that aren't as uh self-aware aren't as you know may not as be as confident as i am and and i've talked about this plenty of time i'm i'm not as confident as i probably should be but i feel as though that i'm very um comfortable and content in the way that my life is going and i have faith in where it's going to go so Certain things like that don't bother me, but I know it's plenty of people out here that have this celebrity worship syndrome and that that will bother them, that will make them mad, that will piss them off. And I know it's a lot of people out here that that look up to Kevin and stuff like that, and that may rub them the wrong way. And I just don't like, I just don't like shit like that. I just don't like, I've always been the type of person where 
I don't like bullies. And I feel like when a person tries to throw materialistic stuff out there and try to demean you and devalue you because you don't have it, I feel like that's bullying. So, yeah. Kevin, you got to stop with that shit. Like, you better than that. You've came a long way. You came from the bottom. You at the top now. And just keep encouraging people. But don't. Like, I feel like he. I feel like for him to be a comedian, he's he's too sensitive. I feel like he's too sensitive. And he has to understand that if you in this industry and that and you being a comedian, period, you making jokes about people, you you talking about people and stuff like that. That that's just part of the game. That's just part of the game. Like everybody is not going to like you as hard as it is. And 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 I know because for for years it was very difficult that everybody wasn't feeling me. Everybody wasn't going to like me. Everybody wasn't going to want to hang out with me and stuff. But he's in the and that just shows you right there that these these superstars, these celebrities and stuff that they have a lot of issues going on inside of them. In their spirit and mentally, they have issues. So just a, just something. Because I, I wanted to talk about this last week, but I forgot. But, yeah, Kevin Hart, you got to do better, man. You you are more than your money. You are more than the the the, the seats that you fill. You're more than that. So, you know, it's going to be people out here that don't click with you, and that's just what it is. I mean, that's just life. So I thought it was a learning lesson for me as well that it should be a learning lesson for him. It just shouldn't bother him. I mean, especially when you're a comedian. I just don't get it. If you're a comedian, you talk about people and stuff. Because Kevin Hart, I've seen plenty of videos where Kevin Hart be going back and forth with people, joning on them and stuff like that. Like, you shouldn't be bothered by somebody not thinking that you're funny. <laughs> oh man. It's is is weird to me, but yeah. He gotta do better. Gotta do better. But I I'm a fan of Kevin Hart. I don't think he's the funniest, but I'm still a fan of him. It is what it is. Some people have, you know, some some people have their favorite celebrities, their favorite singers, their favorite comedians or favorite ball players or whatever. Favorite rappers. It's not a big deal. I don't, he shouldn't look at it as a downgrade to him because somebody doesn't enjoy him as much as they may enjoy Martin or Eddie Murphy or Mike Epps or whatever. Like me, I think Mike Epps is, is funnier than him. <laughs> I enjoy Mike Epps more than I enjoy Kevin Hart, but that don't mean I, I don't, I don't like Kevin Hart. I still like Kevin Hart, but yeah, just a lesson. Nick Cannon, Nick Cannon is out here moving. <laughs> Nick Cannon is out here shaking and moving. Nick Cannon is out here treating himself. Nick Cannon is out here treating himself. He is not cheating himself. <laughs> Nick Cannon. 
is about to have his seventh child. I thought it was more than that. I mean, the way the headlines have been popping out, I thought it was way more than that. But yeah, my man Nick Cannon is out here moving and shaking. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a lot of talk about um, Nick Cannon and him having a lot of uh, all these kids and stuff like that um, with different women and a lot of people have been coming out and saying well you know he got money so what's the big deal you know he and he he's supporting the mothers he's supporting the children so what's the big deal but i i mean i just disagree i just you know money is a money is just one 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 resource Money is one thing that, you know, is part of raising the family, you know, raising the child. I feel like quality time is quality time is just so important. Like. And when I say quality time, I don't mean quantity. I mean quality, because there's a difference between quality time and quantity time there is definitely a difference and people need to understand that in all relationships like you hear people all you hear people talk about quality time all the time but when you when you hear them talk about it they they're basically saying quantity time but they're using quality time but i think quality time is important like um i had both my parents there um there for me in the household and everything but you know i still had to deal with the emotional um absence from from them and that affected me in a certain way and i'm not here to just straight you know criticize uh nick cannon but this is more more so for the people who are trying to defend Nick Cannon uh, on the money aspect. And what I'm here to say is that, you know, money, you know, the money is the great thing, you know, to support the children, to support, support those, mo those mothers of the children. But that's not the only thing. And a lot of people are just sitting here, well, he got the money to do it and all this other stuff. <laughs> that ain't, that ain't going to cut it because... You can have all the finances you want, but if you're not emotionally present in the child's life, it can have ramifications. It can lead to depression. It can lead to anxiety. It can lead to um, a lack of confidence. It can lead to a lack of self-love, a lack of self-worth, a lack of self-value. And then for him to have four children around the same age can be a conflict you know, um, graduations and stuff like that, certain milestones in the child's life, that can have ramifications. I mean, it, it can. You just don't know. But um, I'm about to play this clip for you where he actually uh, 
talked about this a little bit. So let me pull this one up for y'all. Near-death situations, yes. uh, life-threatening situations. I, it's honest. It's real. I feel like, yo, I'm running out of time when every time I think I'm doing good, then I got to go back to the hospital. And it's Do like, fear death? I almost died this time, blood, the blood clots. And I don't fear it. I welcome it. I got to a space now where it's like, that's just, it's probably going to have, I'm probably going to die sooner than most people. And I, and because, mm. my, I mean, that's what, that's what the doctor said. But I'm living life like, no, what did the like, might die in the morning, so let's. <laughs> All night. Like, Nick, like, what did the, yeah, right. Well, now, now you got a point. The doctors, <laughs> why wear now condoms? I'm not going to tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so as you see, I don't know the particulars of what him and his, the conversations him and his doctor has, but him saying what he said, and then that could put you in the mindset of, just recklessness, honestly. I mean, you just heard him say, why wear condoms, you know? So, who knows? I mean, fear can put you in a lot of places where you can live life reckless recklessly. Um, Yeah, so I send prayers and blessings to that man and his, his families. But there's just another example of fear controlling your life. But money can never make up, you know, for the presence of a father in a child's life. It, it just can't. Like, I don't care how much money it is. I don't care if the father's a millionaire, if the father's making enough money to take care of the home, to put clothes on your back, food on the table, or whatever. That money does not make up for the present, the emotional presence of a father in a child's life. You can't be reckless like that. It's kind of, it, it can be selfish, you know, um, to just look at it like, well, you know, I'm about to die anyway, so why am I wearing condoms? I just go ahead and do whatever I want. They'll be all right as long as they got the money. <sighs> it's, uh, it's, it's tough. Fear rules a lot of our lives. Fear rules a lot of our lives. You experienced near death. I didn't mean to play it again. My bad. Um, I got another clip. Um, this is a a new topic, and I I definitely thought this was was funny. Excuse me. Let me pull this clip up. Damn, I'm hungry. <laughs> All right, let me pull this clip up. Here you go. Beyonce <laughs> fucking with her because she see money. Beyonce ain't trying to give back the music and none of that. Beyonce don't write music and Betty could sing her motherfuckers. So Beyonce can't sing. 
Beyonce. Okay. She definitely can't sing. I don't know why they be thinking she can sing. They just man, I watched my godmama train Beyonce give up vocal lessons all her career, man. Beyonce can't go. Beyonce fucking with her. Beyonce can't sing. That was Trick Daddy right there. He um that was he did that on a uh a clubhouse. A room in clubhouse. He was talking about uh Beyonce. Um basically he said Beyonce can't sing and he also said Jay Z isn't the best rapper alive. And he said Beyonce don't write music and, and can barely sing. He said, let me get to the part where he talked about Jay-Z. Um, he said, Trick Daddy said, I'm going to give an unpopular opinion right now. Beyonce is to R&B what Jay-Z is to New York. That's why they together. Jay-Z ain't never won the greatest rapper alive. Whoever put him on a level like that. He said, uh, the murder of Big, Biggie Smalls left a void in New York hip-hop. Thus, unanimously promoting Jay-Z to fill it. New York lost Biggie. They needed a hero because they wanted to be the mecca of hip-hop. They just handed it over to Jay-Z. Um, it's another clip because he he doubled down on that jump, and let me find that uh that clip. I thought I had it saved. Um, let me pull it up. Uh, where is it? He definitely he's been doing a lot of interviews where he's been doubling down. On what he said. All right, here you go. Here you go to the clip right here. Yeah, she can't sing. She ain't in my top. Beyonce ain't Stephanie Mills. She ain't Patty LaBelle. She ain't Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey. She ain't the Adele. And that's my opinion. Oh, Chris Brown is on the level of Michael Jackson. Yeah, he was doubling down. That was a separate clip where he was uh somebody was videotaping <laughs> videotaping him in his uh kitchen. <laughs> and he was doubling down. While I agree with uh Trick Daddy that, you know, Beyonce ain't Stephanie Mills or Aretha Franklin and all of them or whatever. I don't know what the hell he put Adele in there for. Adele, uh I would definitely put Beyonce over Adele, because Adele is just watered down bland no seasoning ass chicken <laughs> beyonce definitely has flavor to her i've never really been a big beyonce fan i've I've always been more of a solange fan but that's just because i'm more into like neo soul and you know R the 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 soul part of r&b you know, Beyonce is more pop or whatever. So I've never really been big into Beyonce like that. She's definitely talented, so I never would take that away from her. But I'm just not a Beyonce fan. But um, <laughs> with uh, Trick Daddy saying all that shit, 
Trick Daddy got a restaurant in Miami. It's called, uh, what the hell is that restaurant called? Uh, damn, I forgot what it's called. He got a soul food restaurant in Miami. But since he came out and said all that shit, the beehive has went crazy on him. His uh, The rating of his restaurant dropped to 2.6 on Google. Like at, at first it was at 3.9. And now <laughs> it's at like 2.6 or 2.5. <laughs> like people ain't never been to the restaurant and they putting bad ratings <laughs> on that joke. <laughs> That shit is crazy, man. If it ain't the Beehive, it's uh, Nicki Minaj fans. You know, they just be going crazy. But I'm just like, why can't people just have an opinion? They making it seem like. They just making it seem like, you know. What he's saying can't be valid for him. Like, if you're a big Beyonce fan, be a big Beyonce fan. So what about this is the same thing with Kevin Hart? Like, why are you why are you worried about other people's opinion? I know I know it can affect you, so I'm not gonna sit here and say that. But like allow other people to have an opinion on something. It says the rating of Trick Daddy's restaurant went from 4.7 to to 2.6. And and now every every post on his Instagram is being flooded with the B emojis. <laughs> and people sitting here saying that he's wrongfully he's wrongfully uh stating that Beyoncé can't sing and all this other stuff. But this goes back to what I was talking about with the celebrity worship shit. Like and let me pull up the definition of celebrity worship syndrome. I talked about this like the first season of my podcast on the episode was who do you believe in? Celebrity worship syndrome. It says celebrity worship syndrome is an obsessive addictive disorder in which a person becomes overly involved with the details of a celebrity's personal and professional life. Psychologists have indicated that though many people obsess over film, television, sport, and pop stars, the only common factor between them is that they are all figures in the public eye. This is commonly found on sites such as Twitter and Instagram. I mean, (laughs) like, why can't that man just have an opinion? Like, (laughs) that's his opinion. People sitting there talking about this is wrong. It's, it's, it's wrong for him to say and all this other stuff. <laughs> He's wrongfully doing this. <laughs> Let that man have an opinion. I mean, I agree w- with him to a degree. With the Beyonce part, like, when he doubled down on it, like, I already said, Beyonce ain't no Aretha Franklin, ain't no Stephanie Mills, ain't no Anita Baker, nothing like that. But she's definitely top-tier talent, you know? But I've always found it interesting, like, just speaking about uh, um, performing and stuff, Chris Brown, Michael Jackson stuff, you know, the Beehive be going hard. They be talking about how 
Beyonce is a better performer than Michael and stuff like that, which is crazy to me. But, you know, that's their opinion and they can have it just like I can have my opinion. And Michael Jackson will forever be the greatest performer ever. (laughs) Mm. Changing the subject from this celebrity crap. (laughs) Because all this stuff seems simple to me. Let's move on to some other simple stuff. <laughs> so I came across this uh, tweet, and I just started cracking up when I saw it. It says, fellas, what's worse, getting cheated on or getting beat up in front of your girlfriend? When I saw this tweet, man, I swear I started rolling. I started laughing like crazy. And I would have to say it would be worse getting beat up in front of your girlfriend than getting getting cheated on. (laughs) Because I feel like if if you get beat beat up in front of your girlfriend, all your manhood is lost. (laughs) You're going to be sitting there just feeling so emasculated, less than a man. Especially if you was getting beat up and your girl was sitting there trying to help you. (laughs) I mean, we've seen this plenty of times before on uh, TV shows and stuff like that. I remember um, Fresh Prince. Who was he dating? Was it Neil Long? I think it might have been Neil Long that he was dating. And uh, Will had gotten into some issue at the bowling alley. And Neil Long, she was taking like defense, defense classes or something like that. And she wound up beating the dude up, man. That man, my Will was blown. And it's just like, if you get beat up in front of your girlfriend, it will just be like, you would have to be sitting there every moment just feeling less than a man. And then you out there on the on the streets with your lady and stuff like that. It would just be like you'll be on on 10 every second. Like trying to be hard, trying to prove yourself and start a fight with other dudes and stuff like that. <laughs> oh man. Cause I mean, if you if you getting cheated on, most most of the time, particularly if you getting cheated on, if your woman is cheating on you and you're a man, you probably won't know. So you feeling you in your you know what I'm saying you in your groove, you feeling you in your in your confidence space. But if you get beat up in front of your one, yeah, all your confidence is out that went out the window. <laughs> oh man. Let me play this clip for (laughs) y'all. Okay, um, I think girls cheat more and I think it's worse when a girl cheats because, okay, when a guy cheats, he's just having sex. That's all it is, okay? You know, guys are horny 24-7. They are made to mate. So when he cheats, it's literally one thing leads to another. They smash, boom, he never talks to her again. Done and over with, right? Not for a girl. Girls are not horny 24-7. So when a girl cheats, most of the time, she's going to talk to a guy for a few weeks, okay? She's going to link up with him a few times, and then she's going to cheat. Is she going to cut him off? No. Why? Because girls get attached after sex. So she can't just cut him off. So not only is she smashing a dude, but she gave her time, her effort, her attention, all to another dude. 
while she had a boyfriend. Is a guy going to do that? No, because he doesn't care about getting to know the girl. He didn't care to invest in her on an emotional level. Girls invest in another male on an emotional level, which is 10 times worse. It's first degree. It's planned out and it's fucked up. Yes, it is fucked up. <laughs> it is fucked up because... Hey, y'all, what's that? All right, that's the next clip, but I'll get back to that. All right, so, yeah, it's definitely worse. I mean, like like with the the fluid out such debate, this will be a debate uh, forever. Like, what's worse, a man cheating or a woman cheating? And it, and it will always be a woman cheating worse because just like this woman stated in the video, Women are calculated with their cheating. Women will be cheating on their man mentally way before they do it physically. Women will sit around and have their thoughts of being with the other guy way before they even start initiating even a conversation with the guy. So once they move on from that mental aspect of daydreaming, fantasizing, they go on to the conversation. Once they do the little conversation, the subtle flirting and stuff like that, then it moves along to the hanging out portion, spending some little time together, some quality time together. So in the midst of that quality time, they're going to go back to the mental. More things are going to come up, more daydreams, more fantasizing. So then the conversation intensifies, the flirting intensifies. So then the quality time intensifies. Moving along to the physical. So in all that time that they had the mental, the conversation, the quality time, going back to the mental, intensifying, the conversation, intensifying, the quality time, intensifying, it's just going to make the physical act of having sex intensified it's much worse it's more women are more invested when they cheat as opposed to men men just want to get a nut honestly we can sit here and go back and forth about cheating we all know cheating is wrong Right. If you're in a committed relationship in the exclusively committed relationship, we know it's wrong. But it's much worse when a woman does it because it's more invested in it. It's more calculated. It's more seasoned. It's more nurtured. No matter how much we look at this, when guys cheat, 
they still are more loyal to the woman that they're in a relationship with because they don't care about the other woman. They just want to get a nut. They just, quote unquote, following their nature. But women are more calculated with it. And it's not about calculated as opposed to, it's not more calculated in, in reference to them keeping it a secret. They're more calculated with the investment of it. So by the time they go through those cycles of the mental, the conversation, the quality time, and it rolls back around and gets intensified, and that physical act gets started, they are already invested, they already have an attachment emotionally as well as physically. So then it's like they're in a whole new relationship. Guys ain't even thinking about none of that stuff. Even though they cheated, they are still focused on the relationship they have with their significant other. They're not trying to have no relationship with the other woman. But the woman is having a whole nother relationship. <laughs> I mean, it's true. So let me play this clip and we gonna get this next clip and we gonna get up out of here. <laughs> oh man. Ladies, we are the most contradicting species in the world. I'ma just call it how I see it. We definitely fucked up in the head. Cause we get mad, man. I'm talking about our whole world comes to an end when we find out a nigga cheating on us, but the whole time, Nah, we cheating too. Matter of fact, we cheated first. So really, the nigga don't even know he cheating back. See, the difference is we know how to do it and don't get caught. Now listen, it's completely natural for women to go through their man's phone. That's how 90% of y'all niggas get caught. It's not natural for a man to go through his woman's phone. That's why we could be laying right next to you texting another nigga. As long as we lean over every 30 seconds and give you a little mwah, mwah you'll never suspect anything. Ladies, we get so upset because we're natural competitors. We think whoever this nigga cheating on us with, he may somehow leave us for them. Which is not the case most of the time because niggas don't catch feelings like we do. But ladies, we think that way because we're doing the same thing. Huh. Every time huh, you get man. mad at your boyfriend, you planning out the rest of your future with the nigga you cheating with. Huh, huh? Man. You fantasizing about living with him, what the kids going to huh, look man. like, you walk around the house, fake pregnant bomb, talking to yourself. Huh, man. As I stated, y'all are more invested mentally first. Y'all in a whole nother relationship and y'all don't even realize it. But because y'all so focused on what y'all think the guy's doing, or even if y'all know that he may have cheated, or he out here doing himself, whatever, y'all are having a whole nother relationship. I wish y'all can see me right now because I'm I'm bobbing the microphone <laughs> while I'm saying it. <laughs> y'all having a whole nother relationship <laughs> whole nother relationship like 
just hilarious, just say the dude is actually cheating back because y'all been cheating from the jump. Because y'all started mentally. And we all know women are aroused mentally and emotionally first before physically. Sex don't mean nothing to women unless they're stimulated mentally and emotionally first. If a woman ain't feeling you at the time and y'all having sex, it's just because y'all just having sex. <laughs> she just laying there or whatever, or she faking it or whatever. But when a woman is feeling you, when a woman is feeling you, when a man is, is stimulating a woman mentally and emotionally, she want to bust it open for you. As my man John say from Separate the Two Podcast, she want to bust it open for you every second of the day. This is a Taste to Consider Podcast. You can find me on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon, Follow a Taste to Consider podcast on Instagram. Link is in the bio for each and every one of the links, as well as the UNU Network link. Follow the UNU Network on Instagram, U-A-N-D-U underscore network. Follow each and every one of the podcasts. Like, share, tell a friend. Download. Download, listen, and delete. Y'all know I like to end every episode with a song. And I feel like this song is very, very relevant. Hey, Nate, you know you got the vocals on this motherfucker. Say, stick and sit a podcast. Yes. Uh. I know you, that's why we finna do it Dad's on the beat Hey dad, nigga stop fucking around with the piano Nigga just drop that shit like uh This here I meant to do my homie, now you act like you don't know me So disappointed, cause baby, that shit was so phony It's not phony, you see no love before my closest homies Would've paid you no mind, but baby, you was all up on me Why you proceed with position, you had to save a hoes No, I ain't mad at you, baby, go ahead and play them fools They chose not to listen, so now we stuck inside his house And can't leave without a fixed permission Permissions to be a player, my alias is balls Drop the top on these jealous niggas, player, let me flow Y'all don't wanna see me in I leave that ass like Tony Braxton, never breathing again. You scam. I never liked your backstabbing ass trick. Used to watch your money grabbing who your back and be it. Ready to bust in the city, you don't know who to trust. The bitch slipped the scandal. Say sick and sit a podcast. Let's go. Uh. Say sick and sit a podcast. Let's go. How's it hanging? Cause baby from the back, this shit is hanging. I've been stressing in this ghetto 
day trying to do my thing. Won't be no bullshit, no ass kissing. This bitch I had you waking up with all the gas missing. I'm asking as if I'm qualified to analyze. You're looking at a bitch that specializes in lies. She got a body, make a motherfucker fantasize. Her face ain't never shed a tear through them scanning sides. Plus, it's the pressure to pop it. Plus, I knew she was a freak, bitch, so I should have bought it. I'll probably be sprung. Addicted to the eating. Say, sick and sit a podcast. Let's go. Uh. Before I let her get me, I got up winning the person took the hundred dollars. Nigga, I'm so scandalous. She's 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 so scandalous. Dangerous and ambitious. While scheming on getting riches and spitting that trick. Cause I'm addicted to pretty pictures Currency motivated, not easily terminated Now that we made it, my niggas can never be faded This is my prophecy, I gotta be paid All you got was to try to stop me is begging for early grades Say, sing and sit a podcast I was a fool thinking you could be true Let's go These are the tales for my niggas doing time in the cell I went from hell to living well Busting the niggas who said my name in vain I got no time for the tricks, I'm heavy in the game I wanna be a baller, please. With the bitches in the liquor, keep on calling me. Free on the highway, formulating plans, and wait till I see LA. Cause it's so scandalous. Say, sick and sit a podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver. The taste of a taste, sick and sit a podcast. Yes. Let's go. Uh. Say stick and sit a podcast. I enjoyed you. I hope you enjoyed me. You can listen to this episode and all previous episodes on all the platforms I just stated. Fuck with your boy. Yes.